ASMR, ASMR, and <laughs> hey, at least your microphone's plugged in. Mine's not even plugged in. Well, not what even are using you doing? It. Why are you using my laptop microphone? Yeah, well, Anything that's hell? acceptable, Jim? It's apparently good enough. It's been good uh, well, enough you... for several episodes now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, the I haven't been on. Then now it's I have fine, not then? used that microphone. Yeah, Sean, you sound great. This. Well, why not? Okay. Good. You have it there because I didn't need to. I have been you recording. Can hear me well enough. I have been recording for eight minutes. Yeah. Oh, Jesus! What? What? What the hell were we supposed to? So we were talking about the freaking uh, the freaking Hamilton thing. We were talking yeah, about so my screen. for the for the audience who are, who missed the start of this. So the idea was. Uh, I saw a film theories episode on Hamilton and the Academy Awards and the question of would it qualify because unlike just a regular stage recording, it's really a recording of three different performances with cinematography and editing thrown together. And given how a lot of recent films that have been getting awards have been utilizing more stage styles, you know, how thick or blurry is the line and could things like this nominated or even receive uh, academy awards which has been i pose to you guys who know about awards and movies more than i do your thoughts on it yeah ha- have we introduced the podcast yet no because we were doing audio stuff i'm gonna cut all the audio stuff out and start here what? dang it ian stop ruining my flow no i know what i'm doing no i that, that's that's our banter i ruin your flow you chastise me everyone else laughs Anyway, you said you had a thing you wanted to say about the Hamilton thing. I mean, I don't think it's a problem because, like Jim said, they they took three separate recordings and they kind of edited it into a stage, like, into an actual performance. Not only that, it's using the original cast, which aren't even doing the Broadway production anymore, and it's currently the only way for anyone to actually be able to see Hamilton. Like, I I don't see why it couldn't be nominated for both a Tony and uh, and an Academy Award, because it's already, if I'm not mistaken, it's already won Tonys, so... Yeah, so since it was recorded and then edited to be a movie and is currently the only method anyone has for seeing Hamilton, I don't see why it can't be nominated for an Academy Award. Maybe there will be a new, maybe there's a new category for like live performances filmed by, you know, a live performance category at the Academy Awards. Why not? Oh. Even regard, even disregarding like the t- the type of movie, I mean, things like awards for actors specifically. Like I think it like given what we've had so far, I don't I don't think it has an unfair. You know, I think that's a fair shot of, of some accolades for that. I don't I don't think it should win anything for editing. I mean, the the girl's flower. I mean, come on, they could have you know been a bit more consistent with the costumes, but um, yeah. But- and yeah, I don't oh, so- like it was recorded. So why can't it be nominated for an Academy Award? Oh. Okay. Well, my like I thought the argument was about what effect that was going to have on the Academy Awards. And I was argue my argument was that the point was moot because this is probably the only live performance of a Broadway show that you're ever going to see uh and ever be considered even possible for an Academy Award. Everything else gets turned into a movie anyway. Yeah. And I assume Hamilton's eventually going to turn into a movie as well. Probably not. The only reason this even happened was because of the fact that Hamilton was literally so freaking popular and made so much money that the producers of the Broadway show were actually able to pay out of pocket and film this themselves. 
Oh. You know, while alt history is uh, in vogue, uh, there's the 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 topic of my my uh, screenplay, Tippecanoe, the Terror Within, an alt history of uh, what if William Henry Harrison didn't con- contract pneumonia and die 30 days into office, but instead went on to become reelected like six more times and become the dictator of the United States, only to be taken down by the robotic Martin Van Buren that has to sail a canoe all the way to japan to get a fabled uh, samurai sword that is the only uh weapon that can actually kill william henry harrison yeah i'm I'm in i am in like like make this movie this sounds amazing the mystical the mystical potus blade (laughs) um and it's a it's supposed to be the the uh proverbial good steampunk movie uh to to paraphrase stanley kubrick's uh the proverbial good science fiction movie when he was making 2001 a space odyssey <laughs> yeah okay i look, can see that we could do an, watch this. we could do an entire podcast about stanley kubrick and just how insane that man was he made some yeah, but we're not gonna do yeah but we're not gonna do that today because what's up listeners you're catching yet another episode <laughs> of the jcu podcast I have your am i ruining your flow am i ruining your flow am i ruining your flow I'm your host, Sean. You're tuning into the podcast where me and the JCU crew to get together to just catch up. Each and every episode, we bring a topic of discussion which we will dive into head first for you, our faithful listeners. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Spa. See, Ian, you ruined it. Ruined it all. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Listen Notes, RSS feeds by searching for the JCU podcast and also on Twitter at jcu podcast one that's j-c-u-p-o-d-c-a-s-t the number one and we are branching out of the game streaming you can find us there at twitch.tv slash jcu network we're going to be streaming hopefully at least once or more a week and we'll expand that as the audience demand grows excuse me ah. also the youtube channel is coming along in fact the contact's going live soon when is it going live in yes when th- th- this week Yay! So you'll be able to see us this week. Hi, if you're looking at me right now, if you're watching this video. But yeah, the YouTube channel is coming up. And uh, not just this podcast, but lots of other content will be coming down the line. So if you want to support us, please do all the chosen platform things. Like, share, follow, subscribe, ring the bell so you don't miss a new episode. And now it's time for the JCU Roll Call, which I didn't write. I'm going to I'm gonna ad-lib it this, I'm gonna ad-lib this time. <laughs> He's famous for ruining my funky flow each and every episode. It's in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I've been watching Knives Out. It's a great movie. Go see it. Super good. <laughs> Took my ex to that. Still love the movie though. Do, do you want do you want my copy? I've got it. Like you can borrow it if you want. And this guy is the reason all the single moms need to bring an extra pair of panties. Uh, to the parent-teacher conference. It's Jim. One of y'all needs to mute notifications. I'm sick of hearing boop boop. <laughs> you, can, you can turn off your own notifications. Yeah, yeah I, I know, right? I don't hear them at all. I'm yeah. not hearing anything. Yeah, I think it's you, Jim. I don't yeah. know what I'd be in notifications for. Yeah, well, you need the notifications for all the single moms that are sliding into your DMs. Uh, I meant and... like on my computer because there's nothing. I'm not receiving anything. Do you have Chrome open? I'm doing this on Chrome. Do you have other tabs open? You know, I'm going to move past this mm. whole thing. <laughs> Whatever this is, I'm moving past it. Because now we got to introduce the master of music and the senator of sound. It's Nathan. Junior senator from Vermont of sound. 
Oh wait, wait, no, it was a senior senator from Vermont that was in Batman, right? Yeah, that was. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Bernie, Bernie is the uh, is the, the junior. junior at, at yeah. eighty years old. He's the junior senator. He, yeah. How? I don't understand how because that works. The other guy's super old. Leahy's older than him. Leahy's like what? 90 something is it late it's Leahy, right that's his yeah name. yeah why, why are the, people the, allowed to be career politicians uh because, because we, we didn't system? figure out yeah we didn't figure out how to stop them yet or rather we did we just didn't implement the plan properly and then you know other things happen <laughs> like a virus and yeah. politics and politicians and whatnot and this guy is the uh he's he's the only guy on the on the podcast who actually is a normal human being <laughs> It's <laughs> hey. We can fix that. We'll make you one of us. Speaking of our normal or abnormal, yeah. Yeah. what do you guys think of my lighting scheme? It's annoying. I literally can't see it because I'm looking at my podcast notes. <laughs> I'll see it in a second. Hold on. Now I see it. And you'll see it for Weird. the next 10 hours. <laughs> And of course, this summer, the revolution that will not be televised, but still brought to you by the power of the internet, coming at you from his seat of power in the belly of the beast known as our nation's capital. Everybody get on your feet. Hail to the chief. It's the alternative president of the United Nerds of America. It's me, and I'm Tron. <laughs> Stumble so, through that a little bit. I'm sorry, did, I'm sorry. Did you say you are Tron? I like you said you're Tron. Yeah, you know what? I am Tron. <laughs> and I fight for the users. Ah. But are you the Wendy Carlos <laughs> Tron or the Daft Punk Tron? I'm definitely the Daft Punk Tron. Daft Punk Tron has two uh, circle thingies. Circle blade, oh, whatever. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> he's got two. Because uh, he's, he's twice as badass. Anyway, what were we talking about? Today's topic is about uh, uh, M. Night Shyamalan, by the way. Oh, yeah, we're yeah, talking about the Shimmelin Ding Dong. Shyamalan, la 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 la, la, get a job. Anyway, uh, first topic is it problematic? Problematic to call him Shyamalan Ding Dong? No more problematic than Shyamalan la 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 la, la, get a job. But uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing that. I mean, he's he's rich, he's famous. Yeah, he's gonna be all right. (laughs) I, 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 you know, I I judge all. I judge all incidents of, you know, appropriation or, you know, uh, disrespect by the by whether or not the person being disrespected is going to be all right at the end of the day. And uh, M. Night Shyamalan's got tons of money. He's going to be all right. So, uh, you know, uh, it's, 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 it's perfectly it's like making fun of Kanye. Yeah, exactly. Kanye's going to be all right at the end of the day, regardless of how crazy he is. It, so you can make fun of exactly how crazy he is. You could you could go to town on that. He's going to be all right at the end of the day. You know, but like a regular crazy person might not be okay. So, what now? I missed that, Caleb. I said I feel like Shyamalan has 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 received uh, gained some respect back from us. Yeah, with his last uh, movie. He's definitely yeah, had I mean, a U-shaped career arc. Yeah, that. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's actually. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, definitely you. I mean, I I'd argue that uh, this latest movie has kind of dipped back down. I would argue that it didn't. I like that he took some uh, 
real risks with that one. He's, I mean, it's his first real attempt at making an actual series because almost every other film has been just an individual piece mm -hmm. that doesn't have any continuation. Uh, it, it, he is kind of falling back into some of his old tropes, but I don't mind because I like his tropes. Like, I'm one of the few people who actually likes Shyamalan. You and me both, Nathan. I do. I like him a lot. Think, and Jim has, Jim Jim has thoughts. Uh, quick, quick question slash thought. Should we issue a spoiler warning? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah we're going spoiler, into warning, spoiler warning for everything that M. Night Shyamalan has ever done or touched or had anything to do with. <laughs> More um, so than almost any other film director, knowing the ending to a Shyamalan movie ruins that movie. Yeah, definitely. Uh, considering I've that's, only that's seen four argument. of his movies, I feel like you guys are about to ruin a shit ton of movies for me. Yeah, well, you <laughs> weren't well, you the well, one that suggested this. this topic? No, that was Nathan. I, I didn't okay. want to do this at no, all. No, no, no. Let's start with this. <laughs> Which ones have you seen, Jim? And what are your thoughts on them? All right. So uh, I have seen four of Shyamalan's movies, although I only thought I saw two because I forgot two of them were Shyamalan movies until yeah. you reminded me. Um, only one of them I've seen more than once, and that is The Village. It is my favorite of his movies mm. because it's the only one I've wanted to rewatch. I enjoyed it that much. And I, I will admit... Part of that is due to the atmosphere and the score. I love the soundtrack to um, The Village. And you know what? I don't care if people don't like the twist at the ending. I thought it was still fun. Yeah. My favorite uh, thing about the, the Village is the first credit at the end of the movie is featured violinist. <laughs> before actors, before yeah. director, <laughs> yeah. before anything, featured violinist yeah. Hilary Hahn, and she's phenomenal. Beautiful, beautiful music. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I've seen uh, Sixth Sense. That was the first of his movies I saw, much, much younger. Um, and then I saw Split in theaters, I think with you. With possibly. Who, you're pointing, but we don't know who you're pointing. Oh. Mm -hmm. All right. I, don't, I, I, thought, I thought maybe you as well, but I couldn't remember exactly who I saw it with. I know I saw it with people. People who were excited about the twist at the end, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I think it was you guys, but maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Um, yeah, and then that in that one the, is that you, oh go ahead and then that prompted the you have to watch Unbreakable mm. at which point I then watched Unbreakable and then remember very little about the movie other than oh yeah the guy survived the train wreck and then Emmanuel L. Jackson was a badass in a wheelchair or something he was also the a badass or the bad guy you should have known from the kids it was the bad ass <laughs> and then he was also the bad guy spoiler he alert the bad, he was the bad pause ass and also, he is a bad guy. Yeah, those are the four. He's the bad guy. If I were to rank them, I would probably say After Village, Sixth Sense, just for everything iconic in that movie, and then Split and then Unbreakable, just because I really enjoy those kinds of thrillers and Split all that, you know, scratch that itch. Yeah, that's all I know. Everything else I know is just from like pop culture. People talk about signs or people talk about the happening. Yeah. I have a feeling you probably wouldn't like signs. And no, for... I, it's Mel Gibson in it as, as a priest. I, you know, I mean, yeah. And despite all of that, and despite my own views, I love that movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I dig, I dig signs. The signs is good. I hear you just have to ignore like the last ten minutes. No, no, oh, you, no, just no. Have to ignore, you just have as to ignore. As long as you realize that alien. it's fictional, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. it's fiction. That's just the ignore thing. the like. Just ignore well, yeah, the it's, it's a movie. Of, the of course, alien, it's fiction. What are you Such thing as a documentary. And yeah, it, but, speaking yeah. of documentaries, let me just do a wild subject change. Documentary I mixed Big Fur is on Amazon Prime starting Tuesday, August eleventh. Yeah, check that out, everybody. 
Oh yeah, the Bigfoot taxidermist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's also yeah. a Roy Orbison karaoke oh, right. impersonator. That's right. Yeah. I completely forgot about that. Yes, listeners. I definitely Nathan, have to see that. Yes, listeners. Out of all the people here, Nathan actually has a real job doing like movie scores and stuff. Like he, that's his actual career. <laughs> I have a real job. It's just not every you know, job. Work doing, it's okay. just not doing you know movie stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not I mean, doing movie stuff. I make stuff. videos and edit them. Right. But, you know, as a teacher. Are you are you, are you, tr- are you trying to look up at me on the screen? <laughs> Like, am I above you on the yes, screen? Yes, you're above me on the screen. That's why I was doing this. <laughs> you're down there? Yeah. Yeah, same on my oh, screen, too. You're right you above Ian. Yeah. <laughs> you're right about Jim oh, on my screen. Let's stay down there. Who's above whom on their screen? I'm right above second Nathan and right to the right of Caleb. So, in the recording, uh, upper left, Sean, lower left, Ian, middle, uh, it, middle upper is Caleb, middle lower is Nathan's video upper right is jim lower right is nathan's audio yeah, yeah so exactly like that exactly yeah. as it appears on the thing yeah so are you actually recording the video now yes oh cool yeah oh. yeah we're, yeah that's what i was getting no, that's no, why i was getting on him about the youtube thing I, I so <laughs> i have had i had a family emergency the last few weeks i haven't been on a few episodes um so this is the first one i've done that uh, has video. Yeah. And we're glad to have you we're, back, Nathan. Yes, we are very glad to have Nathan. Now that back. I know we have video, I'm going to put the the neon strobe lights back on. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. I was enjoying that you turned All them right, off. Fine. All right. I'll, so I'll so where should we start when it comes to Shyamalan? Which movie? Should we go movie by movie, or should we do more of like yeah. a broad strokes? Nah, screw Let's that. Let's do Broad strokes first, and then go, go into the movies. Let's just do but everything think, at random. <laughs> I think both of those things ought to start with The Sixth Sense, because that's really, like, not just his first major movie. He had, I guess he wrote, he he wrote Stuart Little before, before that. He did the screenplay of Stuart Little. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he directed like two movies before. Uh, yeah, I think uh, he's really he was in one college. Of those, he did a uh, wide, yeah, probably. I think Frank it's Wide Banger Awake and Wide Awake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Wide Awake is the one yeah. he's doing a remake of. Oh, all right. Uh, and there's also an it. untitled M Night Shyamalan Universal project coming out next year, ostensibly, but coronavirus might throw that off. Yeah. I, I always find everything it, else off. I always find it weird whenever uh, IMDb is like untitled name of this person project. It's just like that doesn't mean anything. Like yeah, but it's mysterious. Uh, well, it may have been fun and mysterious back in like 2006, but now nobody cares. Well, I care. Eliza Scanlon cares. Gail Garcia Bernal cares. Yeah. I'm just listening off the cast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, those, all those people who are involved in the pre-production, they care. Mm-hmm. Don't don't you belittle their work and their hard work and effort by saying it doesn't matter. <laughs> their work matters, Ian. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I, yeah, Ian. Anyway, I think uh, so. With yeah, Sixth Sense was uh, the breakout movie, and I think that's the movie where he. Be- it, yeah, that's the, definitely the movie where he became a household name, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, absolutely. They, they were yeah, calling so. him the next Steven Spielberg. 1999, yeah. for the record. Mm-hmm. Yep, to yep, be yep, fair, yep, yep. his Haley. breakout movie was better than Spielberg's breakout movie, which was, I think, uh, Sugarland Express. Are you sure that was his breakout movie? Well, that was his first movie. I don't know if it was. I would have argued. I would argue that his breakout movie was probably like Close to Jaws. Jaws. 
Jaws. I would say that. Oh wait, was Jaws seventy five? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then yeah, it would have been Jaws. I thought Close Encounters was the first one, but that's wrong. Close Encounters came out the same year as Star Wars, which it is did. why it didn't win any of the Oscars. Oh man! <laughs> and Star Wars lost to Annie Hall. <laughs> Yeah. What? Yeah. Best so, picture, but it Star Wars won a lot of Oscars. It did. Best, but it lost. Does anybody even know what Annie Hall is, other than the movie that beat Star Wars? Woody Allen comedy. Yeah, I mean it's a comedy. It's Woody Allen. It's about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, see, there, there you go, right there. Woody Allen, somebody who should probably be more forgotten than remembered. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. When we get into yeah. the whole death of the director thing. Yep. So M. Night Shyamalan, after The Sixth Sense, he went on to do so, Unbreakable. Well, yeah, but Sixth Sense was like, I'm trying to think, was that, that might have been the movie with the really dope score. Uh, they all have really dope scores, <laughs> but no, Sixth Sense doesn't have as memorable the, score as yeah. like Signs or The Village. The dope, dope no, I'm thinking of, uh, I'm thinking of the score thinking of Unbreakable. Of yeah, I think I'm thinking of score on Unbreakable. Yeah. That was, was epic. I mean, so yeah. M.I. Chamlon worked with the same composer from Sixth Sense until after Earth of All Things. And then he got a new composer for the newer movies, which is a damn shame, but is can, what it is. Can we not talk about After Earth? Just kind of forget that movie exists. I haven't seen that one. One of three of his you movies. You will not seen. erase Will Smith's contributions to the Shyamalan legacy. <laughs> It's still have, you seen, have you seen or, or After Jayden. Earth? Yes, I have. 4.8 out of 10 on IMDb. It's properly sucky. Only because it's missing a Will Smith rap. Let's, yeah, exactly. Let's get, we'll get to that. Let's let's back up. Okay, okay, fine. <laughs> back up to when Shyamalan was good the first time around. Okay. So on that note, so I don't know if it's just because of how recent uh, Split and Glass are in the whole filmography of, of Shyamalan, but like anyone else find it weird that a movie as like uh, genre breaking as Unbreakable, yes, I, I meant that pun to be there, was actually like right after Six Sense. Like it seems like it's crazy that that was so early in his filmmaking oh, career. Yeah. For like the significance of that movie, not just early in his was my career, mind it came out. A year after his first movie, that means they did pre-production, production, and post-production on Unbreakable in less than a year. No, it came yeah. out eight years after his first movie, Nathan. His first movie was Praying uh, with Anger in 1992. All right, all right, all right, all right. It came yeah. out one year after Six Sense. His breakout movie. Which ones? But yeah, uh, the uh... Six Sense and Unbreakable uh, came out within a year of each other. Yeah, which yeah, is pretty great. Yeah, because everybody was like really hard on like I'm like Shyamalan. They were like, we got to have another movie from him right now. He's the next Spielberg. We got to have his next movie right now. And we got and, it, and it was great. Yeah, I think, Unbreakable. I think Unbreakable is probably one of his most underrated movies. Yeah, a lot of people seem to kind of like because it's universally known that Sixth Sense is great, and then people kind of start to split off after. Um, uh, <laughs> Pun intended. Well, no, not split, but they sort of start to split off after signs. But Unbreakable mm-hmm. kind of gets glossed over. People are just like, oh, yeah, Unbreakable was bit. good, but it's it's great. It's fantastic. Like, look at, it's like, where better. it is, though. I mean, like, it, it's like you have Six Sense, Unbreakable, Signs, Village, Laymore. Like, I feel like Unbreakable is the one, like, in those movies, like, no one hears about. Like, everyone's heard of Signs. Everyone's heard of mm-hmm. the, the, village. Uh, the Village and, and Six Sense. Like, Unbreakable, like, for some reason, just doesn't 
have the same public consciousness. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that's starting to change, especially now that it has two sequels. I think after those two sequels, especially Glass, which is the true sequel, uh, Split, the the twist ending to Split was you were uh, secretly watching the sequel to Unbreakable, and you didn't know that till the end. I'd never Uh, heard of Unbreakable until after seeing Split, and you were all, gotta watch Unbreakable, gotta watch Unbreakable. I'm like, oh, I won't. Yeah, Yeah, it's really good. I'd never heard of it. And it also, it came out like it's so it's his superhero movie mm-hmm. and it came out right before superhero movies were like everything. Right. Like this... a year after, two years after Unbreakable, Spider-Man came out mm-hmm. the same year um, the X-Men no, movie came no out. Way. Right? Yeah, I was about to say X-Men came out in 2000 as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it was right in between X-Men and Spider-Man that Unbreakable came out as sort of a more deconstructionist take at the whole superhero yeah. genre. Mm-hmm. So, no, I was watching Unbreakable oh, right. last night mm-hmm. and... Um, at the end, where Samuel Jackson like makes that reveal when he's in the art gallery talking to people, and Bruce Willis is talking to Samuel Jackson's mom, uh, Elijah Samuel Jackson is sitting underneath a picture of Nick Fury. It says like Nick Fury of the Shield, and I'm oh, like, man. How is that foreshadowing? <laughs> like, Wait, which, I wonder Jeez. which I wonder version of Nick Fury. The version of Samuel Jackson, obviously. No, it would have been the white no, version. No, no, no. It, it, yeah. it was white version. But yeah, because like, yeah. the, uh, the black version didn't come out until the uh, the Ultimates uh, series mm-hmm. by Jonathan Hickman came out. And that was after Iron Man, yeah, that right? Was, that, uh, no, the Ultimate series came out uh, probably shortly after this movie. Okay, so, so Nick Fury was a black man before Samuel Jackson played him? Yes. Yeah. The black Nick, Fury, black Nick Fury was literally based on Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. And then later like, they made they the cast artist, him. Yeah, John, Jonathan Hickman, what? the writer of uh, Ultimate Avengers, basically said, "I wanted my Nick Fury to be black, and I wanted him to be Samuel L. Jackson." And they didn't. I don't. I can't recall. I don't know. They did not ask for permission before they did that. But uh, Samuel L. Jackson found out about it, and he was cool with it. Yeah. So <laughs> when they were, wow. so when John Favreau was doing Iron Man the movie, and they were like. By the way, this is this is news that the uh, the whole entirety of the MCU came about as a uh, it was a fluke. Like mm-hmm. th- they were not they were not meaning to do the MCU. The MCU came about by accident. Yep. John Favreau decided he wanted to put a scene in the end of his Iron Man movie with Nick Fury, mm-hmm. and he wanted it to be the Black Nick Fury from the Ultimates comics. So they went and found out that Samuel Jackson was free. He was. He said he wanted to do it. And that is literally the birth of the MCU in that moment right there. Because John Favreau decided he wanted to put an Easter egg in a movie. Yeah. And not only that, <laughs> the end credit scene to uh, Incredible Hulk, which came out a month later, wasn't filmed until after after iron man iron man came out because the internet went nuts over the idea oh there's going to be an avengers movie and everyone was just like oh i guess we're gonna have to do this then and so they filmed the extra scene to be tacked on to the incredible hulk a month before it goes to theaters that's nuts yes (laughs) so what an incredible year for superhero movies 2008 so get this so it the um incredible hulk Iron Man, Dark Knight all came out that year. Yep. And and yet the movie Hancock yep. starring Will Smith 
yep. had the gall to to advertise itself as the best superhero movie of the year. <laughs> it's not a bad movie. No, it's not bad. It, it's it's fine, the third but best it's... movie that year that, that starred superheroes. <laughs> but if you had to, fourth, yeah, I mean, like it's. It, the best superhero movie. It's like that is best fake superhero movie of the year. The best superhero of the movie of the year, starring Will Smith. Yeah. Didn't have a Will Smith. <laughs> Just like After um, Earth, directed by no. M Night Shyamalan. And I rest my case. M Night Shyamalan did not direct Hancock. No, I said After Earth. Oh, okay. he directed After Earth, which yeah. stars Will Smith. I was yeah. trying to get us back to M Night Shyamalan. I gotcha. Okay, so Unbreakable and Signs are great. But then we go, or no, Unbreakable, well, Signs is great, but Unbreakable and Sixth Sense are great. But then we go to Signs where people start to kind of split a little bit. It was still mostly positive reviews, but people start to kind of be like, eh, I don't know about this one. For the record, though, before we move on to Signs, I just wanted to say I was actually coming back around to M. Night Shyamalan hmm. because I was going to mention that M. Night Shyamalan started a cinematic universe before uh, Marvel did. So there you go. Wait, which unbreakable? Unbreakable. Since unbreakable became... I don't know if we can call that a cinematic universe. Well, it's just because there's multiple. No, there's multiple. Like the movies are starring characters that aren't necessarily connected, but that become connected. Yeah. Okay. Cinematic we'll universe. We'll come back around to that. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> the only the only thing that connects. The only thing that connects Split and Unbreakable is the cameo at the end of the movie, which is literally the same thing for Iron Man and Incredible Hulk. Yeah. That's where I, I was like coming back. If Split had come out that same year, I would agree with you, but... <laughs> it, it literally is. You Before that cameo, you didn't know that they were, they were anything <laughs> even remotely connected to either of the movies. Shame yeah, on. it's just the 16-year the 16 anyway. difference. <laughs> Anyway, signs, aliens, Mel Gibson, and uh, oh god, what's his name? Uh, Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix, the yeah. joke, uh, the second best Joker after Jared Leto. The less we talk about Jared Leto, all right. Uh, <laughs> I, I, we, Jared Leto and I are are not on good terms right now. <laughs> so, so I pulled up Roger Ebert's review of Signs because I really loved the way he wrote it. Ah. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan's Signs is the work of a born filmmaker able to summon apprehension out of thin air. Here is a movie in which the plot is the rhythm section, not the melody. I will not even say whether aliens appear in the movie because whether they do or not is beside the point. Is it? Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, guess that, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, I aliens are tangential to the plot. The plot is more about uh, a family coming together through uh, through a big tragedy. That's ultimately, and aliens just happen to be a thing. Maybe are in the movie or not. The movie's Roger, about we're we're already doing we're already doing glasses of water that she never drinks. Joaquin Phoenix with his failed baseball career. And uh, Mel Gibson as a failed priest. So technically, this family is just a family of failures. Yes, it's it's about failure. It's about loss. It's about yeah. Uh, uh, little girl can't even drink uh, a glass of water. Yeah. Loss. You know the the, oh. dad, the dad's a failed priest. The sons of the the Joaquin Phoenix is a failed baseball player. The son can't breathe. They're all a bunch of losers. <laughs> We should get four screenshots of oh, signs yeah. and make the lost comic out of it. <laughs> I can even think of the one where the where she's lying down is the glass of water on its side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, one thing that a lot of people will talk about is like, it, it, why would why would a group of aliens go to a planet that uh, is toxic, where you know water is toxic to their 
uh, are you skin. are you asking why those aliens would go somewhere where breathing would be harmful to them and not wear masks? Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah, well, here's the Who thing. Who would do that? I, my <laughs> argument is, I don't think that they knew. I don't think they knew they were they were uh, weak to water. Yeah. Because you figure on their planet, they probably don't even have water. Mm-hmm. It's the, only the two of the three most common elements in the universe. You yeah. know. Well, yeah, but considering that it's from. so harmful to them, and considering how that alien was like so freaked out by it mm-hmm. you got to imagine that they didn't even have they probably don't even have water on their planet he probably was like what is this stuff yeah it's harming it what is this point what is is this acid of some sort <laughs> what but, is this corrosive material by the way i trapped one of them in my closet by it's like wait um um wait well, oh yeah that's water. right i don't think they like that was, i think that that was the cameo wasn't it that, that was, was a game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I tried so one of them in my closet. Peace out. <laughs> so that's something Yo, we should. Homie, uh, can we Is talk he... about that for a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he he's kind of uh, inspired by, especially with signs, inspired by Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. Alfred Hitchcock famously had cameos in all of his movies, mm-hmm. including Lifeboat in which there's like four people in a boat in the entire movie, but uh, Alfred Hitchcock is on a newspaper that floats by ah. at the very beginning of the movie. Um, and so in Night Shyamalan... Like, one, uh, another one of his movies. Mm-hmm. We'll get to it later. Um, but uh, M. Night Shyamalan is uh, in all of his movies, and uh, in Signs, he has like a prominent role, and I actually kind of like it, because he's like a bad guy almost. He's yeah. like the guy who kills Mel Gibson's wife. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Accidentally, of course, but... Accidentally. Yeah. He but, was, but he was drunk driving, wasn't he? He wrote that in there. So was or he, drunk, he was drunk? Yeah, he was. He, it was something that like he did it on accident, but it was like told, something about what he was doing at the time was like he should not have been out there. Yeah, like he so, was either drunk or something. Close, like sleeping. Or no, 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 no. So he was a he was like a an ER nurse or something mm. in the movie, and he had been up days on end and he was driving home and he should so even when he makes himself the bad guy he can't be like he was drunk he's like well he's you know a saint who saves children's lives and he just was tired yeah that's what it was so he was he should have been yeah he should have taken a nap and he didn't because he was trying to get i can't remember what he was trying to get home for he wanted to get home yeah 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 i thought he had like a reason no he just (laughs) Guy, guy wants to go home. He's it's a long shift. He's like, I'm tired. I'm gonna go home. Oops, I ran yeah, over Gibson's wife. Then they have cots there at the hospital. Yeah, he wanted to sleep in his bed. No, no, he sleeps in the cot. <laughs> you're, you're not a you doctor. Sleep, you sleep at work. You don't. There is no home for you. Well, everybody sleeps at work now. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Except technically. For Except for uh, what do they call? What's the term? Essential personnel. Essential workers. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so the for village. the record, for the record, for the so, audio listeners, we, me, Caleb, and Ian all held our hands because we are essential. We're essential to this country's function. Dang it! I keep... one thing I can sorry one thing I can say for signs it did give us Scary Movie three. To... I mean, that's more Leslie Nielsen. Yeah, in, in the loosest <laughs> sense imaginable. Yeah. Like I, feel, every, I have very few things I can say every, about every, science, so I just want to throw every, that out there. Every movie that came out at, or in that time frame <laughs> gave a scary movie three. Also, one question for you guys. Okay, so again, since I haven't yeah. seen Signs, uh, comparison to a very to a well very similar movie that came out a couple years later. Here's my question for you: Signs or War of the Worlds? Signs. Signs. Which did you now, think was better? Signs. 
I yeah, like War of the Worlds, the Tom Cruise one, but it's not as good as Science. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know. It's based on H.G. Wells. It is based it on H.G. Wells. It has a lot of points in my book. And it's directed by Steven Spielberg, but yeah. it's still not great. It's, yeah, it's, it's a lesser Steven Spielberg movie, but Steven Spielberg movies have a very high floor. Yes. The characterization in War of the Worlds is, is the problem that I have. It's like... There's very little character growth mm-hmm. in that yeah. movie. Uh, and then but the thug survives for no actors. reason. It, like, Tom Cruise really makes you care about his character just with like little things, like like shaking the dust of a bunch of dead humans off his face. Oh, God, yeah. That's... Well, Tom Cruise <laughs> just makes you care about his characters by being Tom Cruise. That's and running. Magic. He runs. And he running, runs yeah, exactly. It's just every time like I, I think about like signs like the main thing i think it was the scenes in the basement and that just makes me think of war of the worlds because yeah it's kind of thing so it's just very much well that that scene is both based on the war of the world scene but also on the birds where they lock they are stuck in the house and the birds are attacking the house yep and also the scene, the scene in the basement of science has one of the scariest moments in any m night Shyamalan movie where they're like we're the aliens nearby the aliens nearby and yeah the we just see the boy in front of the crate say what and we just see an alien hand like grab yeah. him freak yeah. the hell out oh, that was, yeah, that was yeah, yeah. the end scene of signs has possibly the best music cue of the 2000s uh maybe of the new millennium really it's phenomenal right. yeah it's all based on three notes and throughout the movie those three notes have been ominous and foreboding and then in that scene he somehow makes it majestic and like hopeful same three notes who did the score james newton howard ah. oh he did that and for- james yeah, newton howard- well. yeah same guy who did most of uh Shaman stuff mm-hmm. yeah i didn't know it was the same guy doing all of them yeah not all of them just Sixth a lot sense, of them. unbreakable signs the village lady in the water the happening um last airbender and after earth hmm. I learned something yeah, today. And after Earth, he quit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, anyone would. After, after it's, Earth. It's a damn shame he did because right after that, Shyamalan's career took back off. And yeah, I know. And Glass. And I would have killed somebody on Fifth Avenue to get to hear James Newton Howard's uh, score to Glass. That's probably, that what, that's probably what shook Shyamalan out of his funk. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, so, Howard left me. What do I do? I gotta get that. It's like then he has this Rocky montage of like whatever directors do when they're training, <laughs> training to direct movies better. What do directors do when they're training? Uh, we watch a lot uh, of movies. Uh, yeah, basically uh, just tra- what they do when they're not training, which is sit on the couch, eat popcorn, and watch movies. Like I've I've got a stack they, uh, of films right here. I've got Brazil. Instead of, instead of punching bags, they uh, they punch movie theater seats. Well, now I would love to watch that at some point, Ian. Brazil? It's great. You know how the yeah, movie theaters see, yeah, I'll watch it sometime. You know how the oh, movie theaters pop about. up? Yeah, that's, that's funny. <laughs> it's like the speed bag. Yeah. <laughs> so we're 40 minutes in and we haven't talked about it. And then they crank the, the, the crank <laughs> on those old timey. <laughs> Ian's trying to get us to, to keep going. He's, he's being the task. We've only talked about three movies oh, so far, village. so yeah, yeah we should probably right, definitely talk about the village. The I village think is at that point, Shyamalan. Most people were like, "Nah, don't like it," but yeah. I love it. I and agree. I think Ian agrees with me. I do. It's it great. Is, first of all, um, uh, what the the cinematographer who did that? He did um, 1917 this year. What what's the the guy's name? Let me look him up because he's he's 
widely considered the best cinematographer. Yeah. Um, um, Roger Deakins. Sorry, what? Roger Deakins. Yes. Roger Deakins, who shot. He also shot uh, 1917 this year, for which he won an Oscar. He shot No Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. He shot. Um, that's probably a bad sound to have on the podcast. Um, yeah. But uh, <laughs> let me just Google him because he's widely considered the best cinematographer alive today. I knew he did a No Country for Old Men. I'm yeah. blanking on other things, though. Uh, he also did Blade Runner 2049. Really? Uh, Fargo, Shawshank Redemption, Sicario, Skyfall, the James Bond movie. <laughs> Uh, and I think he did a couple Shyamalan movies. He at least did The Village, which I think is his best work. It is oh. just a gorgeous movie. Oh, yeah. With the colors. Um, shots of the sky. Yeah. Yeah, of like, the trees. yeah, just like random ass shots of the trees are just the like. Of, the use of the red and the yellow in that yeah. movie as well. Just which, did you guys know that the, the use of color in that movie is a direct uh, reference to the um, the terror alert? colors so red color being bad for 9-11 the whole movie is basically about post 9-11 america interesting i actually didn't know yeah. that part yeah it starts off with a well, real tragedy that happens and then they make fake tragedies so the so the real tragedy the the people whose family members got murdered spoiler alert in modern day that go to the village really happened that's 9-11 and then the the monsters are all these fake like boogeymen like iraq and iran that like it, i mean it's really all about that that is, probably would explain why nobody liked it I remember when i first no because I, th- no, I, I think or, what, oh sorry i was just gonna say when i first attended the movie in theaters it's the first time a lot of movie I, I watched in theaters and after that i didn't watch another one until it split wow it really t- yeah. <laughs> oh, now that I know that, I, I actually I need to go back and watch it again. Yeah. I'm curious, like what what turned you off from it? Uh, honestly, like the um, like the twist at the end. I was like that. That's what it was the whole time. That that was it. That's what we're doing. Fair here. Enough. Okay. Okay. I'm done here. <laughs> yeah. The the problem is that after the village, everyone was just like, oh, okay, so that's what he does. There's always a big twist at the end, and that isn't always true with a lot of his no, films. ironically like the next three or four movies he did had no twists yeah and arguably signs didn't either though i mean you could make a case that signs kind of does because it actually really is about know. aliens but that's not really a twist yeah. that's kind of the point but, of the film i mean i guess the idea that that god is real is the twist in that and that like all of the things are but but it's really more of a i, I don't consider that a twist mm-hmm. What the 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 monster not being real in the village? Yeah, so the village arguably has multiple twists. The yeah. monster's not being real, mm-hmm. and then there's a fake out twist where you think the monster's gonna be real, like that there was a real monster that the fake monster is based off of, and then it turns out that's Adrian Brody. Which, by the way, the cast in the village is also phenomenal. You have Sigourney yeah. Weaver, you yeah. have Bryce Dallas Howard, you have Joaquin Phoenix, you have uh, William Hurt, you have Adrian Brody. I'm missing someone. Um, oh, you have uh, the guy who played Mad Eye Moody is in it. Um, he's also the the detective. Oh, in, oh God, um, what's his name? Yes. Oh, I know this guy. Oh, Irish crap. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, oh, frack. I can't. You're, you're right though. Like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. That, that scene though in the woods, like, I, I love it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, the whole thing about Adrian Brody, yes, and the, the idea that you know um, she doesn't know that it's him. She thinks she's fighting off one, and it just yeah. like just yeah. adds an extra layer of like, oh, she doesn't know. Yeah, she yeah. doesn't know. That's the and thing. they're also not going to oh. tell her yeah. at the end. Yeah. 
weird that nobody's going to tell her that she killed Adrian Brody. Yeah. Yeah. The the people who watch the film kind of focus too heavily on the fact that, oh, the twist is really dumb. And it kind of takes away from the fact that it's just a really good thriller. It's a solidly yeah. built atmospheric thriller about these people who are living in essentially like a self-commune reservation of, of yeah. some kind. And it's just, it's damn well directed. It's probably, I, yeah. I, I'll, I'll music, make a statement and say music. that. Yeah. I'll make a statement. I think it's probably his best directed film. Yeah, I think it's not his best script. I think it's a damn good script. I think he has several better scripts, but I think I agree with you. I don't think there is a, a movie that he's directed that he directed better than that. Yeah, I would argue that um, I think that probably that probably that's I think the 9-11 angle is probably what turned people off of it in my man, in my in my thing, because think about it. 2004 is not the time when questioning the government's narrative on 9-11 yeah. Or anything along those lines was a good idea for anyone. Yeah, people's, people's careers were ruined for questioning the government over what was going on with 9/11 at that point. Credit, in time. I don't think it was widespread knowledge that it was about 9/11. Yeah, yeah, I, but I, I could, but I could, yeah, but I could see where like the kind of sentiment. You see what I mean? Like that's not going to sit well with anybody right now. Yeah, the sentiment the idea that, that our government you know, is that, lying to us about the threats. Well, no, no, no. The idea that the authority figures aren't telling the truth and that that's we should I'd be say. questioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should be questioning authority figures. Nobody was really trying to do that at that moment in time. And then Green Day came out, and everyone was like, "Oh, American idiot." Okay, I guess we can do that now. <laughs> well, so actually, here's yeah. Uh, actually, yeah. Counterpoint that's... to that. So. Well, it's not really anti the war on terror, but United 93 came out. The the Paul Greengrass movie, the guy directed Born Supremacy with the ha- the handy cam shot style shots, um, directed United 93 in 2006. So 9-11 movies weren't that far out from 2004, though arguably ones that are critical of the government were. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, probably. Yeah. So that I think anything that was anything promoting a message of question authority anywhere like within five years of 9-11 was probably not gonna fly well with this yeah, not gonna that was, well that was with the thing. Our, I mean, you saw that with music especially and that's that's what he was getting at like with music with the music scene that was definitely fought against yeah. mm-hmm. up until about when american idiot came out that was yeah. where the change really was that? yeah yeah because yeah well so but, is the village mm-hmm. yeah the, like like i said you know it's that's probably uh, around the time when it was dying down, but it's still not like, still not. Yeah, okay it's question. not the point. And, and not even then, when American Idiot, like that, yeah. yeah, and even that when American Idiot came out, it still wasn't okay. Remember, American Idiot was incredibly controversial. Yeah, the only reason that you think that like it said that it was okay is because you were a young kid and you were all about questioning authority at that time. It's like. But as far as like the mainstream like adult audiences at that time, no, American Idiot wasn't cool. Not at the time. It was cool with us, but it wasn't cool with like you know establishment or like because we were we were again. the youth of the nation. <laughs> oh yeah, Hi, think Donald yeah. Rumsfeld wasn't a fan of American Idiot. Who Donald Rumsfeld? No, he who the would fuck not have been a fan. Donald Rumsfeld. Uh, <laughs> How do you not know who Donald Rumsfeld is? He's I know who yeah. Donald David. Rumsfeld is. I asked who the fuck cares about Donald Rumsfeld. Uh, that the the argument that I'm making cares about Donald Rumsfeld. Mm. 
that it wasn't anyway, okay with to... the establishment. Anyway, yeah, back to Shyamalan. After the village, we had Lady in the Water. I know nothing about this movie. Oh, this movie yeah, is weird. I finally was like, not the biggest fan of the movie. So here's what I like about Lady in the Water. Mm-hmm. Acting, Paul Giamatti's amazing. Bryce yes. Dallas Howard, great. Cinematography. Oh, Paul Giamatti, that's why Ian likes it. Cinematography, I think it's <laughs> shot it. The music, maybe. Well, there are so many contenders, but it's one of the best uh, James Newton Howard scores with uh, for a Shyamalan movie. Here's what I don't like about the Lady in the Water script. Uh, yeah, it's. It- I don't hate the film, but it is a flawed film. I don't. I don't think like it is one of his weaker scripts, but I don't think it's a bad film. I just think that uh, a lot of people, unfairly, because the village was not very well received, everyone looks at Lady in the Water as like, oh, it's just another Shyamalan. The thing about Lady in the Water is there's not even a there's not even a, a twist to it. It's not even the stereotypical Shyamalan twist. The twist is is that it's kind of like a mod a, a modern day fairy tale and there's this mermaid woman who gets picked up by so, like yeah my argument is that the twist is that Shyamalan's mad at all of his critics yeah and- <laughs> that, that part's not so that he part's casts not. himself as quote unquote a writer who will change the world and needs to know that and at the end of the movie his film critic literally gets killed by the monsters from his story so that's yeah. kind of like it's kind of like when roland dimmick directed godzilla in 1998 and he had mayor <laughs> get stomped on by godzilla actually he, no he, didn't he doesn't die anything. he doesn't yeah, die Ebert says in his review of that movie he's like so you're gonna tell me you put me in your movie and i don't get killed by godzilla <laughs> That's the real flaw in the film. Yeah. Like, flame thrown by that, that monster. Yeah, will, yeah, if I'm going to be in a Godzilla movie, Godzilla better atomic breath me. Yeah. <laughs> I would, like, I will definitely say that Lady in the Water is, like, there's there's elements of the script that are not very well handled. And yeah, the whole. Lots he, of them. Yeah, but it's not that bad. It's actually pretty enjoyable if you kind of ignore it's the dumb parts. It's enjoyable because of all the elements that aren't the script. Sure. Yeah, it's enjoyable if you ignore the backbone of the entire structure of the film. Well, that's not that's <laughs> yeah, not the backbone enjoyable. of the structure though. That's just that's just elements that he throws in there that like even Shyamalan's character is not really that relevant to the plot. It's just a character that's well, part of No, but the story overall this it's is the backbone of the film, right? But the story—the story is about a lot of different people who are trying to help this essentially fairy tale character of a mermaid. By the way, woman. Her name story. Her name is Story. Yeah, everyone's trying to help Story get to sort of the next level. Everyone's of trying to get yeah. Story out there to be heard. Well, can somebody trying, help the story? They're trying to help her to get to wherever her world is story and, accomplish her goal which yeah. is the goal and of Shyamalan, story is to be told to as many people as possible and Shyamalan's character the character that he made himself is a small part of that it's he's, an admittedly dumb part of that uh, but it's not he's, that he's the he's, he's the, the, he's the point he's the point of it I don't, I don't think that Lady in the Water is that bad and and yes there are it's, dumb parts no, but they're easily ignored terrible. Hmm. But it's yeah, it a is. distinct drop in quality from the village. Sure. Worst movie ever made. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to the happening that. yet. Objective. And we haven't gotten to Avatar yet. <laughs> the happening uh, is Avatar better than Lady in the Water. <laughs> yes, it is. 
So, so let's move on then. What's the next uh, one? The next one is The Happening. Yes. Yeah, which is better than Lady in the Water. Yes, it is. Uh, I don't know about that. I Not think by the happening, much, but the Lady in the Water bar is so low. I, I think The Happening might be the best directed bad script I've ever seen. I hear that if you don't take it too seriously and just like let it be campy fun, it's not terrible it, it like fighter even even the premise is not really that bad it's just the execution kind of loses itself about halfway through and i will absolutely defend this to the end the first 30 minutes of the movie are spectacular by Except the time every scene that has mark Wahlberg in it <laughs> not, <laughs> not bad it's not even all that he's just hilarious there's, he plays there's, himself there's one of the yes. scenes there's a scene where they're going through an infected city where the like where the stuff where everything is happening. There's the a happen- scene. The happening happen- is happening. Yeah. The happening, uh, yeah. Hell, like the, do you remember seeing that shot of like people falling from buildings yeah. and that That's the opening shot and it's actually pretty cool. It's amazing. Yeah, that stuff is that stuff like yeah, it has an interesting premise, but yes. that's Pretty it's, much the extent of the what's thing, good about the happening. And the premise is not even all that, uh, like, odd. It's that it's essentially that Earth is kind of a living thing and that plants are releasing a spore that are making humans suicidal because humans are, you know, polluting the planet. So it's basically like it's M. Night Shyamalan trying to do a big disaster film, but in his own style. Not a terrible <laughs> idea. It's just the second half is really badly done. The first is the half hap- is excellent. Is the happening a prequel for After Earth? Oh, shit. I'd like to say that the soundtrack to the happening is arguably in Locrian mode, which is bonkers and amazing. I don't know what that is. <laughs> None I of know. us knows what that is. Yeah, Only it's, Nathan it's, knows. On, it's the seventh mode, the one that That's, nobody yeah, the ever seventh, Yeah, I was going to say, no one uses that. <laughs> yeah. There are like arguments online as to like, what? Has any music ever been in Locrian mode? And one what? of the no. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway. that, part's that, dumb. Like by... that part's very dumb. <laughs> Wasn't there one like by Bjork or something? I remember like somebody made oh, probably like Bjork. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's so, part of that whole movie. <laughs> mode, but... So the happening, yeah. The, like I said, Sean, the or second... the part, or 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 the part where the the dude just lays down and let the lawnmower run over him. That that's actually pretty funny too. Well, it, like like I said, the the elements where people are getting killed off like that one person shoots themselves and then another person sees them and they walk over pick the gun and shoot themselves it's like holy shit that's like there's some terrifying elements to this and even the guy who shoots himself he's in the movie succession he's in the tv show succession he's the the son in that oh nice yeah but yeah there's nice to hear actors getting work and not only that the the Scene where John Leguizamo and his family are driving uh, through the infected yeah. Holy city. Holy crap, that's right. He's in this movie. Yeah. Yep. And he and there's a scene where they crash their car. He gets out of the car, just looks down, picks up a piece of glass, and just starts hacking at his arm. I'm like, holy crap, that's scary as hell. Like, like that freaked me out, and it was really well done. And then yeah. the, I might have to watch this movie just to see Luigi Mario. Yeah. And yeah, the yeah, second half, the second half sucks. The second half really, honestly, truly sucks. But well, the, the second first half, half is when we find out it's the trees. It's <laughs> not even. It's not even a terrible premise. Trees, it's just badly, man. It's the trees. It's just it's badly the air, executed. Away from the air. Yeah. Just, the trees are killing people. Yeah, when they're trying then, to run away from the air, that that part's dumb. 
Okay, but here, okay, explain this to me. Why in God's name did they leave the the room at the end? Why would you do that? It makes no sense the whatsoever. Sec- the second half of the film is dumb. I, I like that's my only explanation. The <laughs> I'm like, first you're in half the safe is really place good, and you literally leave the safe place to go out to. Like, how did you know it was over? I don't know. <laughs> It's stupid. It's really yeah, stupid. Like, it, it, it's like, I don't know if there's it's a specific like, moment. Okay, like, I think that this is a problem that I have with Shyamalan, mm-hmm. a lot of Shyamalan's movies, is just that it's like, at, at there's a certain point in his movies in which stuff just stops making sense. Sure. And it's just like, it's like, you got, you like, and that's the thing, he he, get, he, he hooks you in with a good premise. Because mm-hmm. I'd argue that every premise to just about every Shyamalan movie is actually somewhat decent. And then he hooks you in with a good premise. And then, like, at some point during the movie, it's just kind of like, boom. And now nothing makes sense anymore. It's like it's in the like, sixth sense when it turns out that Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. But, like, how was he dead? He was, like, interacting with the boy. And uh, and and we're supposed to think that he's like yeah. dead in the ground. What? Yeah. That didn't make any goddamn like, sense. And it, well, yeah, he executes. That's the entire well plot of the movie, Nathan. <laughs> he executes he's it well. What are you talking about? He's he's <laughs> trying to be that's sarcastic. The, that's the point I'm trying to make is that he executes it well in some instances, but then there's a lot of instances where he just completely drops the ball in the execution of like just the second half of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't know. It's. I feel I feel like it's like you're Michael Jordan, and then you turn into like I, I don't know. It it Greg definitely <laughs> it definitely happens with some of his other films as well. Like uh, the visit definitely has that moment where I the first seen half. That one. It's the visit, 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 visit. Yeah, visit. but let's let's We'll get to yeah. the visit. But what are we on now? Uh, happening, and then was that a Shyamalan movie? The visit, happening? Yeah. No, the visit. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's okay. He made it right before Split. Yeah, that's the movie where what? the two kids go to the grandmother's house, the grandparents' house, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Holy, that actually was good. I didn't even know that existed. That was uh, actually good. Uh, that was his comeback after after Earth. That was well, a, yeah. that was hilariously scary. <laughs> after Earth, but then again, I'm I'm frightened of it. Well, yeah. the next after the next movie, I'm frightened of old people. So. Yeah, the <laughs> next movie he did was yeah. uh, the Last Airbender. It was supposed to be a trilogy, yes. right? Yeah. Well, if he does one movie per season, then yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Okay, wait, which really movie are we on? Which movie what, The Last Airbender? So right, we'll get to the, we'll get I, I, will, I will go I will we will get to that. What's the next movie after happening? Uh, this is the, the last movie. airbender. Oh, okay, good, good, good. Okay, so let's get into that. The last airbender is quite possibly the worst movie ever made other than Lady in the Water. <laughs> because of the fact that it's based on material that is so well defined. It's like you didn't have to do anything. <laughs> that the, that's the the thing that makes the Last Airbender so disappointing is that it's like it's already done. You literally don't need to make any changes. The only thing you need to do is maybe cut some stuff for time. Everything is written as perfectly as it could possibly be written. You have storyboards already. Done. It's like the movie's already made for you. Just direct it. Yeah, but at the same time, though, like, I, I personally don't like the idea of, like, hey, let's take this season of a TV show and try to condense it into a movie. Like, you're either going to leave out a lot of important things or it's going to feel hella rushed. Yeah. I just Which don't know one, how I, you do that. See, that's the thing is, either long. of those things, if it had just been rushed, 
or if it just had a left out a lot of stuff, it still would have been epic because think about it. If, if somebody just ran through the entire first season of Avatar, the last airbender and like just a, the smash, like if you just watched a trailer of just smash cuts of everything in the last airbender, you would still think that was awesome show and you would want to watch the crap out of that. Yeah. So even if it was super rushed, or if it was just a whole bunch of stuff that was cut out of it, it still would have been epic. But he made changes to what was already there, what was already established, a world what that was already change? built. This so is many a, things. the one that I haven't seen. So, so many things about the action. So many Ian things about the Whitewashing. Yeah, yeah whitewashing. Hmm. He did that, that which was... he. Well, see, that's the thing. He whitewashed in some areas and then didn't in others, which was really strange hmm. and didn't make any sense. It's like... He let's say, so there are characters who should be Native American that he whitewashed. Yeah, there are oh, characters they, who should be Asian that he whitewashed. So the main character should be an Asian monk, and he whitewashed that. Yeah. The the other two main characters uh, that are like on the same like their other protagonists. They Waterbenders are based on Inuits. Yeah. yeah, they should be Native American or Inuit. He whitewashed them too. Mm-hmm. And you get the villains who should be Japanese. And he made them Indian. Indian. And it literally, it's like, why? Yeah. Why? That makes no sense. Then you add to the fact, then you add to the fact that there's, uh, they have these powers called bending. They work in a certain way that's already been pre-established in the show. It's already. Oh, you said already bending. Worked. I think you said bedding. I was like, what? No. <laughs> it's a bedding. No. But it's it's already pre-established in the show how bending works. And exactly what you need to do in order to bend and this and that. And he just changes it. And it's seemingly arbitrary. There's no reason for him to have changed any of it. Yeah. But he does for no reason. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah, I like as dumb as After Earth is, Avatar the last the last Airbender movie is just the worst thing he's done. Really truly is. It it it's it makes me mad. But more, I'm just disappointed mm-hmm. at the fact that you had an opportunity for greatness and you squandered it so bad that it's taken how many years now? And they're only just now talking about, you know, making another live action uh, Avatar ten. The Last Airbender. It's been 10 years. It's been 10 years now. And they're only oh. just getting around to talking about a live action Last Airbender again. Yep. Something we we're be... skipping. Wait, what well, did we skip? So even though he didn't direct it, he did write the movie Devil mm-hmm. about the people stuck in the elevator, and mm-hmm. I actually love that movie. That's so, movie. so was that? But was that before Last Airbender? Same t- same year, about the same time. So, because like really, yeah. Jesus, I feel like that movie came. Out, I feel like that movie came out much later. No, two thousand ten. I'm not familiar with this one at all. That's good. Devil, now see that's interesting. Devil was actually slightly okay. I like. I would argue it was fine. I, it was good. Yeah, I would argue that Devil was probably like, and I I think I remember at the time people were saying, "Oh, M Night Shyamalan's coming back." Like after Last Airbender, they were saying, "Oh, M Night Shyamalan wrote Devil. He's okay, so he's, he might be, you know, he might be on the upswing again." People were like, "Yeah, M Night Shyamalan might be coming back," and then After Earth happened. <laughs> yeah. Jim's gonna walk oh. away for a moment. Also, yeah. yeah. Also, we're like over an hour at this point, so I don't know how we're going to wrap this up. We're going to wrap it up by uh, not wrapping it up. <laughs> we're just going to be and like... Right... No, we're oh, going to wrap it up by well, admitting that this is part one. We're over one. an hour, but we have parts that we're cutting out. So let's uh, go on to uh, After Earth. 
Oh yeah, that's right. We've got a whole chunk of stuff that we got to cut out. Remember, Ian? Yeah, oh yeah, like okay. a good, there's like a good twenty minutes in the well, beginning of that. Probably right, including okay. this part. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, yeah. moving on. So after Earth. So I have not seen this one, but it does have a four point eight out of ten on IMDb, which I think might be the lowest rated of Shyamalan's movies. I mean, so it, it also ruined a very good pattern because up until that movie, he had released a movie on every even year of the 2000s. Everyone was like, 2000, 2002, 4, 6, 8, 10, and then 13. What the hell, Shyamalan? Well, it's because... Asking for trouble that's breaking what, the cool that's, pattern that's, like that. That's what, well, that's what happens when you make The Last Airbender. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> so after Nobody Earth, trusts you. Like, like I, I don't even know if we should even talk about After Earth. It's it's so weirdly acted. It's it, the The acting is just so wooden by both Jaden and will smith and it's partially purposeful weird considering that they're a family it's I like know. you think they'd have better chemistry and they don't and it's really and 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 i get like there's elements to it why because will smith's character is supposedly this great warrior because there's this alien race that uh, attacks people with emotions but if you have no emotions, you're like invisible to them. So Will yeah, it Smith says is you based on your emotions, and if you're emotionless, yeah, then you can hide from them. And it's Will called Sm- ghosting. Yeah, and Will Smith is this emotionless warrior, and so his name Cipher Rage. Oh God, yeah, his name his name is so dumb. Oh, man. <laughs> oh God, I Cypher just rage. I, I think I, for me, it's so with bad that one, I, I they don't give me a reason to care about the protagonist yeah or even what's happening and like i would have just rather had like a fake documentary on what would happen to the world after humans are gone yeah (laughs) after the happening oh yeah and and also the entirety of earth is uninhabitable because all of the aliens have evolved to kill humans as effectively as possible and yet somehow will smith's son who has no warrior training at all, is able to navigate this planet no problem. That's not true. He actually does have warrior training. Ah. That's the he's in warrior training at the beginning of the movie. I see. Has he just started? No, he's actually like he's actually well in the midst of it. His his problem is that he has no discipline. Ah. <laughs> he doesn't Help me understand something here. Yeah. Are you you're saying that this is a movie about Will Smith, who uh-huh. is a heroic warrior who saves the planet from aliens. Yes. Uh-huh. Is this a follow-up to Independence Day? Or Men in Black. Or Men in Black. <laughs> I mean... Which itself is it's, probably I, I, a follow-up. I feel a theme to... here. Yeah. Will I Smith... feel like what happened after Independence Day was Will Smith was in Independence Day, right? And then he saves the world, right? And then he loses his job with the military because uh, whatever happened, like, there's, like, a de- the depression happens. So then he becomes a, then he starts working for New York City as a police detective, and uh, he gets divorced, of course, from uh, the stripper lady, and he, so he moves to New York and he becomes a police detective. And then he joins the Men in Black. I feel like there's a greater Will Smith expanded universe out there that <laughs> somebody used to write about. Oh, probably. You know what? We can actually do an episode about the Will Smith expanded universe. The Will Smith <laughs> is we spend a lot of time talking about Will Smith in these shows, don't we? He's cool. Why not? He's, he's worth talking. He's a character worth talking about. Yeah. Maybe one day we could get him on the show. That would be great. <laughs> anyway, what's the next movie yep. after? After uh, visit the visit. Oh, okay, this movie it genuinely terrifies me. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm terrified of, of crazy old people. Though. So I feel like this is a movie that I'd heard of a long time ago. And then I was like, I should check that out. And then I completely forgot about it. You, and then looking into Shyamalan, so like, oh, yeah, that movie came out. Yeah, you and everyone else. This movie kind of just came out and some people were like, oh, this isn't bad. And then everyone just kind of forgot about it. And I'm not a huge fan of The Visit. Um, I can't really explain why mostly because it just feels too gimmicky like oh we're doing a found footage movie in 2015 like well after found footage had kind of you know run its course it feels like it feels like he's trying to do a thing that's a little too late when it comes to this style yeah yeah jumping on the bandwagon a little bit too late yeah yeah I, i get that yeah he's uh but yeah but with that top with that uh subject matter that's like all the other found footage movies don't bother me. This one actually genuinely disturbs me. Yeah. <laughs> What's after this one? Split. Uh, split. 2016. Yeah. Actually, another fun another fun fact. There's only two cases where Shyamalan directed a movie that came out one year after a previous movie. The first was Unbreakable, 2000 after Six Sense. The second is Split in 2016, one year after The Visit. Mm-hmm. And they're, one's a sequel to the other. What is he trying to tell us? What a twist. <laughs> I like looking yeah. for number patterns. What can yeah. I say? But yeah, no the the <laughs> twist in the visit. I mean, does anyone care if we if I ruin the visit? I think the I, grandparents. Yeah. If the grandparents are not the, the grandparents. Were not the grandparents. They're crazy people from an insane asylum. Yeah. Oh, slightly different than yeah. what I was That's expecting. I thought maybe there was ghosts and like no taking over the grandparents. Or something. No, the uh, the mother the real. The, grandparents were killed yeah. by the crazy people from the insane asylum and then the crazy people from the insane asylum pretend to be the kids grandparents wait how the, how the hell do those kids not know what their grandparents they've look never like? met they've never met their grandparents because their mom their mom left home when she was like young before she gave birth to them mm-hmm. because they kicked her out of the house or something for getting pregnant before well, she was married or right she was an unwed mother and they kicked her out of the house yep and she like just never talked to them and she never went back and yeah. she never really talked to her kids about them. But then she got contacted by her parents and they were like, you know, come home. We miss you. We want to know our, we want to get to know our grandkids. But then before they got there, you know, the grandparents got murdered Wait, by no, the, are, are the ones kids. that contacted her, the, the, the crazy real. grandparents. No, no the, the ones real. that contacted her are the real grandparents. Yeah. But before, mm. before the kids, before she got the message or before mm. the kids got there, the real grandparents got murdered by the fake insane asylum people. Yeah. All right. So she sent the kids ahead of her, like on an airplane, and then they got picked up by the crazy people because they're crazy. And they pretended to be their grandparents because they're crazy. Mm-hmm. And then all sorts of craziness starts going on and they start doing stuff. And then eventually they try to kill them and then, and then they get away. And, and then the older guy shoves a, a used adult diaper in the boy's face. Ah, yeah, he does. Ah, don't remind me of that. Yeah, uh, that's right. Uh, yeah. Are we uh, sipping stuff out? Oh, uh, what? Uh, uh, well, anyway. Uh, yeah, one of the reasons one. why it's genuinely disturbing for me. Yeah, I, I just don't like that scene. I'd like Yeah. The... So, yeah. The... I didn't know about that scene, and now I'm kind of like, oh god. Yeah, you know yeah, what? If you want to, if you're slightly interested in the movie, but you don't necessarily want to sit down and watch it, what I would suggest is that there's a YouTube channel called Found Flicks, and he basically does uh, kind of summaries mm-hmm. of the movies with like clips and everything involved. 
So basically, you'll get the gist of the entire movie. I had to actually watch the movie. But uh, if you want to do, like, that I saw this, and I was like, I wish I had just seen this. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he does it for a lot of horror movies. So if you ever want to watch a horror movie, but you don't necessarily want to sit through the whole thing and actually watch it because you think it might be bad, check it out. He does a lot of them. So he yeah. definitely does The Visit. So check that out. That just, like, found flicks. F-L-I-X and uh, The Visit mm-hmm. and you'll be able to watch that. It'll be, it's like 20 minutes or something. Yeah. Anyway. And so then the final two films are uh, are Glass and Split, or Split and Glass. Split, Split and Glass. glass. Yeah. Yes. Split Glass. 2016 and 2019. Yeah. Which I, Split's amazing. Like just as, yeah. as, a, as a standalone movie, that one was just and awesome. It's really good. The acting by James McAvoy in it is oh, yeah. so good. Holy crap, that guy's a genius. He does like yeah. a, a wider, like, has to do so much stuff in that. that was, and that the, the other awesome. thing is, like, in a lesser actor, what he has to do would come across as kind of goofy. And it, there are co- some moments where it's kind of comical, but it's always moments where you know that the, the film also realizes it's comical. It's not like... Mm-hmm. On, on, like, not, not funny without meaning to be. Right. Um, yeah, not unintentionally funny. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's, he's, he's just, I don't know. I don't know if it's just, I don't know if it's just his acting or if it's all of it. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, I think his acting does so much work to carry the movie that yeah. it's just almost like you almost forget that there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on around it that actually does make it good as well. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah. watching it's kind of like watching uh it's kind of like watching uh ironically because I just got finished watching The Last Dance. It's kind of like watching Jordan and the Bulls. It's like you forget that Scotty Pippen Scottie was there. Pippen is like a legit <laughs> top 20 player yeah. of all time. Yeah, you forget and that Scotty Pippen is one of the greatest players ever to play the game. Yeah, and and then you have like Dennis Rodman who's right. like like a five-time defensive player of the year mm-hmm. and uh yeah yeah then you have like great you have great you just have a great team around this person but he's just so amazing mm-hmm. that you just forget that oh yeah he's playing with like the probably the greatest team ever assembled mm-hmm. in the history of the sport well this I what, think that's what it, watching split is like in <laughs> this analogy i would say that anya what's her name anya taylor johnson yeah. is the scotty pippen of this movie yes. She was the actress from The Witch. Yeah. And she's actually legitimately great in this movie. It's just hard to realize that because she's watching McAvoy. McAvoy, yeah. But she's really good in this movie. Yeah, Yeah, that's, yes, exactly. That was the exact point. I was about to get to that. Because that is, that, and then you figure like Shyamalan is writing and directing. Yeah. I think he, he wrote this one as well, right? He wrote, yeah, 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 he he wrote wrote and directed this one as well. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, it was assembled. Like by somebody who is arguably a genius mm-hmm. in, in you know cinematic history, then it's acted by like this freaking out of nowhere performance from like this incredibly insanely good actor that probably nobody realized was this insanely good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He so he had one, oh go ahead Jim. This was the the first Shyamalan film I ever saw in theaters was Split, and the thing that drew me to it wasn't Shyamalan; it was fact that like I've, i always enjoyed the split personality thrillers mm-hmm. ever since i saw one i think i think it was called i think it was identity yeah the, uh, the, the, the serial killer and the people in the hotel or the motel yeah like, i, love I, I loved that like it was just so because you never knew like which identity was in the person and split like reminded me just like yes this i i love this it, it just i find it so unsettling and yeah. now there I, are, I loved it there are some like legitimate criticisms of the movie 
related to the use of yeah. identity disorder. It's not as, as with any anything relating to psychology yeah. or any sort of mental, you know, that, that always gets. I kind of feel like misused. it's. I mean, even terms like psychosis are often misused. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel like it's the whole Hitchcock explanation. It's like, you know, why don't the characters call the cops because it's dull? You know, why isn't this, you know, scientifically yeah. accurate to the, you know, actual psychological disease? It's like, because that would be dull. That would be boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then you get into the issue of misrepresentation of people. and Yeah. But like, yeah. taken as a dramatic yeah. License. entity, yeah. the movie is phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Definitely phenomenal. And then you get, what, Glass? Yeah. After that that came out last you know, year. Yeah. And that, yeah. I think, split people uh pun intended uh just had a really bold ending mm-hmm. and i i really enjoyed it and i, I guess it. we I, can yeah, say, we can say what it is since we're spoiling everything but like they kill off samuel L. jackson's character and Lala, Bruce i'm Wolf. not listening <laughs> what Jim Jim saw it. This. <laughs> you didn't see it he had he had a warning though man <laughs> Jim didn't see listening. Jim didn't see he, glass he said yet. He didn't see it. Yeah, he said he didn't see it. What, what the hell is wrong with you? Why didn't you? It's like he's not listening Jim, anymore. So let's keep going. We need to wrap it up. What the hell is wrong with you, Jim? Why haven't you seen glass? Because it's 2020. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. That's, that's the point of my argument. You literally have all the time in the world to watch this movie. You're not doing I don't. anything. Are you kidding else. me? He's a teacher. Reminder, I I'm a teacher. Yeah, I and can attest. Yeah, summer. it's summer time. Shit time to do during You're a the teacher summer. in the summer. Yeah, I have a shit time. Okay, okay, okay. I got, I got, I got to do this because um, the American public needs to know teachers aren't really on break in the yeah, summer. No, we have workshops. We have preparing for the next. Lies, lies, propaganda, fake oh news. God. We need to wrap it up, gentlemen. Fake news, folks. Fake news, folks. Uh, <laughs> gentlemen, we must wrap anyway, it up. So I won't right, spoil the ending for Jim if he didn't already hear it. But anyway, but it is different. The ending it's not is what boring. anyone expected. That's very yeah. Um, and I thought it was great. So first of all, you get Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis back, and you can't go wrong with that. Sure. Um, yeah. And do you, plus you have James McAvoy, and you have um, God, what's her name? Anya, Anya Taylor Johnson, mm-hmm. Taylor Joy. Yeah, Again, her, and, I'm talking about the doctor. It's the doc- oh, you're right from American Horror Story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's She's that brilliant. Name? I can't think of her name. I I wish I could, but uh, for the life of me, it's like just it's right here. And I can't think of it. Okay. Oh, Let me see God. if I can look it up. She's great though. She is magnificent. Mm-hmm. Hold on. You know what? I Sarah Paul. Sarah Paulson. Paulson. Sarah Paulson. That's yeah. it. I knew it was mm-hmm. piece of Paulson. Yeah, she's amazing. Every. Like everybody in that movie, and then you got yeah. the kid from Unbreakable back. Yeah, yeah. and he's yeah. like twenty something. Yeah, which I was like, I, when I when I first saw him, I was like, is that the guy from the original movie? And then yeah. I was like, yeah, totally. He looks a lot and like the kid from the original movie. And my Shyamalan comes back as the his character from yeah. Unbreakable. You're yeah. right. Wait, he played the security guard, right? No, no he played, like, played the guy that like he was dealing drugs in the bathroom, and yeah, I think he turned his life around. And in Glass, no, he I is mean, a security guard, yeah, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, in Glass, he was a security guard, oh, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, which yeah, is yeah, funny because yeah. that's what Bruce Willis was in uh, Unbreakable. In Unbreakable, yeah. Yeah. Was he? Oh, he. One other did, thing, um, we kind of talked about this on uh, the Village, but like all of Shyamalan's movies use really have a really good use of color and if you look mm-hmm. at the the poster for glass you see those colors so bruce willis is kind of a green 
Um, uh, uh, Samuel Jackson is purple and McAvoy is yellow. And, and like the, the interplay of those different colors is beautifully done. Yeah. And then also when they're in the room, um, when she's trying to get them all to believe that they're not superheroes, like Mm -hmm. the room pink Mm -hmm. and as in like a void of all of those colors. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, like it's pink or red, yeah, red to pink, which is trying to go away. But he, lo- yeah, he loves yeah. to. Yeah. I, I will say the one thing that annoys me about that uh, poster that Nathan was mentioning is that like it has them laid out as like Jackson McAvoy and uh, Willis, but it has James Mac- McAvoy over Samuel L. Jackson's <laughs> picture, Bruce Willis over uh, James McAvoy's picture, and Jackson over uh, Bruce Willis. Yeah, but picture. that's like, a at least put them in the right yeah, order. Yeah, but that's the thing uh, with movie posters and uh, billing, and that has to do, do with it. yeah. Then put the pictures in the order of the names. Yeah, but they won't look as good. <laughs> yeah, but the posters are designed by you know artists. Mm-hmm. you know who are actually trying to make it look as good as it possibly can and there's a like and you know thematically speaking there's reasons why the character is here versus the over there you know like heroes tend to face right on movie posters instead of facing left yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. i can't remember exactly i think that's it i think you're right but, and then uh villains face to the left instead of to the right you know the, the you know the thematic. word in latin for left is sinister mm. Extra. yeah it makes sense oh. and that actually dexter is the word for right which is i believe why they called that show dexter mm-hmm. cuz he's sinister it's like a play on words mm-hmm. but he is right because he kills the bad guys eh, elements but he's <laughs> right but he's doing the wrong thing for the right reasons sure get it yeah, yeah. Fun fact, anyway on, um, so on Daring Unbreakable, uh, Shyamalan actually wanted the Beast to be in the movie. Like he wrote it for huh. like a three-part kind of huh. thing. Really, and he couldn't figure out a way to introduce the Beast and make that movie like as short as it was. Hmm. And so he just exited it. And Touchstone didn't want to do a sequel, but he actually already had it lined up. And yeah. He just never- that makes sense because, uh, from my understanding, didn't he pay for glass? Like, a yeah, lot I think of, it was out of his own pocket. Yeah. Yeah. But why did so, it take him 16 well, years to make split then? Money. He probably couldn't get yeah. the money together. Yeah. Yeah. Because no, like, he's too busy making uh, Last Airbender and the Happening. Yeah. And yeah. After Earth. And yeah. Even yeah. still, like, yeah, but think still, about before it. Last no, Airbender, he was making big hits. Like, if, I feel like if he wanted to make split, he could have made it before he. Up to last airbender i mean yeah but he probably didn't want to make split like right away he probably wanted to do other projects like he probably wanted to do signs and he probably wanted to do the village and he probably wanted to do he definitely wanted to do lady in the water <laughs> yeah we're pretty you lucky know, that we've got glass at all yeah, yeah sure. definitely 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 like to work with disney to bring david dunn into split at all mm-hmm. because disney owns unbreakable yeah oh yeah that's right they did oh yeah so it was universal and disney coming together to make glass <laughs> maybe they, if can only come they to- could come together to work on a hulk movie yep haha <laughs> <laughs> beat you to it anyway another thing i'm gonna beat you to is the ending of this show because this has been yet another episode of the jcu podcast and now ladies and gentlemen you are all caught up and i want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in you could be listening to any podcast in the world, but you are here with us, and we appreciate that. So I want to thank our good friend Nathan Towns for providing our themes. Woo-woo. Please check out his website at NathanTownsComposer.com. We've been plugging it every week. Just so you know, Nathan, since you've been gone, we've still been plugging it. Anyway, thank you can you. find us on iTunes. You can find us on Spotify, RSS feeds, Listen Notes. 
You can also find us on Twitch and YouTube as the JCU Network. So please like, share, and subscribe, and ring the bell so you don't miss a new episode. So for myself and for all of the JCU crew members here, all of these guys, we want to thank you for listening to us today. It has been our pleasure, our privilege, and our honor to be with you today. This is us signing out. Remember to wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Wear your masks. And let's smack them curves, you guys. Peace. Smack them curves. Smack, smack them curves. Smack them curves. Smack, smack them curves. Smack, smack them curves.